0: But right now, today we're starting a series called Power Up. We're talking about understanding who the Holy Spirit is. Now, all of you on some level have heard about the Holy Ghost, had not you? Good, bad, or ugly, we've all heard something. And the truth is, is uh, most churches, unless you move over into some extreme uh, non-Pentecostal churches... Most churches have a lot of the same beliefs. It's just a little bit tweaks in their belief system and why people don't pray in the Holy Ghost versus people that do. But a lot of times we, we tend to focus on the fact that if somebody is Pentecostal or praying in another tongue, that's the, that's the Holy Ghost. Well, that is an evidence, but that is not who he is. So we're going to talk about who he is. We're going to talk about why he is and what he means to us. We're going to talk about over all of those things over the next few weeks. But the most important thing is for you to understand that wherever your belief system lands when it comes to the Holy Spirit, just do me this favor. Just listen to what the Bible has to say because the Bible's been right for 2,000 years. And although we twist and turn and, and we have our parts we like, let's listen to what the Word has to say about Him. Now, I, fu- I fully believe uh, today is going to be more foundational than anything. Uh, but I fully believe that in this day and time, it is more evident and more clear than ever that if we're not listening to the holy spirit we're in trouble i believe that i believe we're in a day and time where the church the church by and large is becoming deceived with some false teaching i believe people are meaner than they ever we had people killed on the highway yesterday in texas i mean just just got mad just started shooting people up i mean it just we're in a day and time where it's it's not uncommon for people to walk into places of worship like this and just open fire but it's important that we were led by the spirit of god because uh, it, it, that that is the most important thing. So let's 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 go to the book of John, chapter fourteen. John chapter fourteen. <clears throat> you happy to be here this morning? God's so good. John chapter fourteen, and we're going to start at verse sixteen. John 14, verse 16. This is Jesus speaking to his disciples and ultimately to us. And I will pray the Father and he will give you another helper. Say helper. That he may abide with you forever. Now, verse 17 says, The Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive, but it it neither sees him or knows him, but you know him, for he dwells in you and will be in you. Now, let's jump to another chapter. Go to uh, John 16, verse 7. Again, this is Jesus speaking. John chapter 16, verse 7. Nevertheless, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. Now, jump down to verse 12. I still have many things to say to you, but you can't bear them now. He's talking to his disciples. He's tell, he said, now, these, listen, these guys spent two years with him watching miracles. And he's saying to them, you can't handle what, I, st- I still have things I got to get out. You can't handle it. But when the Holy Ghost comes, it puts you in a position to where you understand more because you're open to more. You see more. You see more than this earth. You, you see over into a realm. You begin to move into things, and you begin to understand things. And then you, as, as we get over into this, you will understand this, and all of you have said this at some point in your life. Something has happened You in a car wreck, or you made a decision, and on your way you changed your mind, and all these different things, and you will say, you know, something told me, That's the Holy Spirit talking to you. Now, let me say this, the Holy Spirit in you for you, the Holy Spirit on you for people. Now, let me just clarify, I'm Pentecostal to the bone, you come in here at 7 o'clock in the morning, I'm praying in tongues. However, if, if you get full of the Holy Ghost and you get goofy, you were goofy before you got the Holy Ghost. Let's just be real about it. Because the truth is, there are, there are things that happen in Pentecost that, that are, are, are reactions to power. However, sometimes we create a habit out of those things, and it becomes you know, more about the altar service than Jesus. So we have to, we have to qualify those things. Now, today is not going to be super deep, but it is going to be a foundational teaching. The Holy Spirit is your helper. He has to be your help because Jesus said it. If Jesus said that it's to your advantage, I love the word in the New King James, it's to the advantage. It is to, the King James says, you, it's needful that I go away, but the New King James says to your advantage. Now, if Jesus is telling you, I must leave you for you to have an advantage, why wouldn't you want that? Now, again, this comes back to our false mindsets of what we think he is. First of all, he's a person. Amen. Amen. The Holy Spirit's not a power, He's not a thing, He's not an it, He's not a breeze, He's not those things. He is a person. And the fact that He's mentioned in the Trinity as the third person means that there must be personal relationship with Him. Now, you don't pray to Him. Now, listen to me here. Now, this is where some of us in the Pentecostal world got way off. You don't pray to the Holy Ghost. You pray in Him, through Jesus, to God. That's how it works. And when you have all these things working together, you move into a place where you begin to see over into things you never thought. You just, oh, I I hate to use the word feelings because as a faith man, I fight against that stuff. But sometimes you just know he's telling you something. The Bible says that he is your guide. Now, let's let's just just get there. It's just going to be easier. Now, I just read it to you. Let's read it again. Verse 12. I still have many things to say to you, but you can't bear them now. Verse 13. However, when the spirit of truth, say truth, if it's the Holy Ghost, it's true. Amen. When the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you, say guide, into all truth. Now listen, he will not speak of his own authority. Stop. Now listen, y'all chasing all these anointings and people talking about they're the prophetess and they're this and that. Y'all better pay attention to this. Can I just, it's just us. Can I tell you something? If I have to tell you I'm a prophet, I ain't much of one. If I have to tell you I'm an apostle, if I have to print it up and, and, and give you a card to show you who I am, then obviously I'm not showing you Jesus. So we have to understand when the Bible says that he will guide you into all truth, he's there to walk you to it. Now, here, here's what that means. <clears throat> you go to Walmart, which I believe is part of the third level of hell. There's going to be a Walmart, a Dollar General, and a Waffle House in hell. They're everywhere else, right? I'm telling you. I don't want y'all working there, but they're going to be there. But you go to Walmart and you say, hey, where is, like David had to go get bags this morning for the church. Hey, where are the, the brown paper bags? And somebody with a smock on goes, eh. I know. It's Walmart, man. It's direct, that's the direction. They're giving you a direction. But when you go somewhere where people care about their job, they go, hey, let me show you. And they're with you to you. See, they could say over it's on aisle 13. Aisle 13 is 25 foot long. And you're over there thinking she's crazy because you can't find nothing and it's down on the bottom. But when somebody takes you over there because they put it there and they know where it's at and they show you, they have guided you to it. And too many times we have expected the Holy Spirit to give us direction when he's trying to guide us. You won't let me tell you something. Well, I just put a fleece before the Lord. I just figured, you know, if I, I throw I, you know, I throw I throw my shirt out there and if I get up in the morning it's turned inside out then God must have told me. That isn't Listen, that is an Old Testament way of thinking. And what you've done is you've just given the prince of the power of the air an opportunity to mess with you. Because you're looking outward and God's asking you to be guided internal. Is this making sense? You have got to have the Holy Spirit. You have to. Well, Pastor, I've seen some things. That's okay. Let's let's teach this his way, not church's way. Because when you're full of the Holy Ghost, and I'm not talking about full of the Holy Ghost in church. I'm talking about driving to work. You understand when he's talking to you about you. You understand when he's talking to you about your family, your children, the person you don't even want to talk to, all of a sudden you start crying because oh that I know they're hurting. It's amazing what he does. But Jesus said, you have to have him. You have to. Now he says this: howbeit when he is the spirit of truth is come, he'll guide you into all truth, for he shall not speak of himself. Amen. But whosoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. Uh, Whatsoever he shall hear, that he shall speak. And he will show you, right here, things to come. You don't have to be fooled. Listen, you don't have to be deceived. Most of y'all are pretty smart people. I didn't say most. Most of y'all are pretty smart people. You know just in your human intellect if somebody's being shady with you. But you're dumb enough to keep believing it. Holy Spirit won't, won't allow, Holy Spirit will keep nagging at you. You better get away from them. You better stop listening to them. You better stop putting yourself, but see, now here's the beautiful thing. Here's the beautiful thing about the Holy Spirit. Even if you keep messing up, he don't judge you. He don't leave you. Don't, don't believe that lie that he's going to walk away from you. Now, you, you may turn your back and not listen, but he's still there talking. Because he's always trying to show you, things to come and he does not speak of himself he doesn't speak trying to get you to understand how awesome he is he's the third part of the trinity he don't need you to know how good he is he knows how good he is he needs you to know how good you can be and how to walk you in the creation jesus was not here as god jesus was here as man full of the holy spirit to show you if you're full of the holy spirit how man's supposed to work see everybody well jesus yeah he was jesus yeah he was And he was here to show you how you're supposed to act, how you're supposed to speak, how you're supposed to lead and guide and walk things in and see it happen in your life. But what we've done is we've just gotten over into a welfare mentality that if Jesus wants me to have it, he'll give it to me. But that's not what this says. It says he will guide you into all truth. Now, what I want you to understand today is this is not about church. This is about the church operating when it's not in church. See, this is just a building. You're, you are the church. And when you leave here, you're still just as much the church as when we sing the last song. See, because we got to understand that Jesus gave you something to do. And as you understand, he's, he left help for you to accomplish it. Now, let me, let me try to get a little more into you. James chapter 4. I told you today's foundational, so I'm going to try to make myself get these scriptures out. James chapter 4, verse 8. James chapter 4, verse 8. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Now, I don't want to focus on the second part. I want you to focus on the first part. Draw near to God. And he will draw near to you. There is a required action because the Holy Spirit is a gentleman. He will never force himself into your life. He will always stand ready to help you, but he will not. You have to draw close first. And this text is actually not written correctly. The the, the correct way this is written in the Aramaic is take one step to God and he will come running to you. He's just waiting on you to make a move. See, because when you try to step into somebody's life and help them, they begin to resent you. But when you find yourself at the the most broken state you need to be at, and you say, God, I need help. You've just opened the door for him to begin to do something for you. Most people, most people think that it's it's I'm just not, I'm not strong if I ask God for help. Are you crazy? You, you have to be strong to lay yourself down and say, God, you got to show me how to do this because obviously everything I've done has failed up until this point. Now, when I, I came to the Lord and I had a 45-minute deliverance and it just happened that way, and I don't know why it happened that way and everybody hates me for it and they wish it happened to them. I don't know why it happened that way, but I can tell you this. It took that moment to make me realize how much I needed him not how strong I was. I ran into a God that was bigger than I was. I ran into something that loved better than I did, that cared about people better than I did, that could raise kids better than I could, that could, that could speak better than I could, that could sing better. All the things in my life that I wanted, the Holy Spirit was there. Now, I'm going to be honest with you, it's not something I was, I was used to. I was never around anything like that, so it was new to me. But man, it just absolutely changed my life. Now, let's, let's do this. Go to James, you're already in chapter 4. James 4, verse 5. Do you think, the scripture says, in vain, the spirit who dwells in us yearns jealousy? Now, what that's saying is this. The Holy Spirit is always giving you ways to become intimate with him. And he wants to be what you're intimate with the most. Now, I'll be honest with you. This word intimate is the same word uh, as marital intimacy. It's forever intertwined and intertangled. He wants you to wake up knowing that you have to hear him today. He want, there's, there's not a day that I, I, love, I love this woman right here with all my heart. And there's not a day that goes by that I don't want to hear what she has to say. I know she don't believe that, because usually I'm like, really at four in the morning, you know that kind of thing. But but when when the rubber meets the road, when the when the rubber meets when the rubber meets the road, she's got wisdom I don't have because she has a different intimacy with the Holy Spirit than I do. That's why we have to be one flesh, because she sees things from one perspective. I see things from another perspective. And when we bring them together and talk them out, the Holy Spirit opens up a whole world we didn't see. That's how it's supposed to work. It doesn't work like that every day, but it's supposed to. You're supposed to wake up in the morning and know, today is the day that I get to enjoy him. And because I get to enjoy him, I get to command my day. You do understand, in the word of faith, we, we taught, well, if you just confess it and believe it, it'll happen. Well, that's true, but you also have to be full of the Holy Ghost and understand what he's telling you to confess. See, we've gotten over, and if we just memorize scripture, it's all going to be good. Well, that ain't altogether true. I don't care what's in here. I care what's written on your heart. If it's written on your heart, it'll come out of you when pressure's on. See, now listen, don't raise your hands. But some of y'all was in a traffic jam or at Walmart, praise the Lord, or somewhere in the last few days and pressure was on and what's really in you came out. Everybody looking straight ahead like that. Nobody saw me. I looked around. But here's the thing. You got to want to change that. You got to want to be at a point where when pressure is on, what comes up out of you is the scripture that's written on your heart. What the Holy Spirit has to say about you. What God thinks about you as his child. What God sees in you. Because what you don't know is God sees things in you that you don't even see in yourself yet. He's a God of faith. He believes in you as much as he wants you to believe in him. He created you to do something amazing. But you've got a lot of layers that's got to be peeled off to get there. Some of those can go quickly. Some of those can go not so quickly. But the truth is, is you have to submit to him and start letting that stuff be shaved away. The Bible is a two-edged sword, not because it likes to steal and kill. That's the enemy. But it shaves off the things that are hurting you. you ever tried to get a splinter out? Man, I remember being a kid. I didn't want to tell anybody I had a splinter because somebody going to come at you with that nasty pocket knife they got to have something to get it out with. It's the same way with the Word. It just pulls things out. Now, let's talk about the ways to be intimate intimate with the Holy Spirit. Now, verse, uh, I'm sorry, go to Romans 8. Let's go to my favorite verses, Romans 8, 14. (coughs) Laying a big foundation today, y'all okay? Everybody learning? Amen. Romans 8, 14. Gosh, home folk, y'all should know this by heart by now. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you've received the spirit of adoption whereby, uh, uh, where adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. Or That's an intimate name. It's an intimate name. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Now, number one, truth. And seeking and being hungry for the Holy Spirit means that it's always going to be that you speak in his vocabulary. His vocabulary. let me explain something to you. All of you on some level have been in relationships with somebody, whether it's your children or your spouse or whatever. The law of attraction says they're going to become like you or you're going to become like them. It's, I tell you what, just do an experiment. I'm a people watcher. When, when, I, when I go places, I watch people. I'm just a people watcher. And, and if you will watch, and it's amazing, if, it's, if you will watch a, a six-, seven-, eight-year-old child, a, a little girl walking with their mom, they walk just like their mom, their hands move just like their mom, everything they do is almost identical to how a mom moves because that's where they've spent most of their time. And when you spend most of your time with the Holy Spirit, you begin to move and act and talk like he does. Well, what if I'm weird? Who cares? Let me tell you something. You come in the gathering down by the river. They already think you're weird. Get over it. You're here. Listen, we don't play with rattlesnakes. We pull up water moccasins. It's just one of those things. That's what they say anyway. But the truth is, the more time you spend with him, the more you become like him. And listen, I don't want don't want to bring us down, but listen, every failure in your life, and mine, is a prayer failure first. Every victory in your life is a prayer victory first. And when you put that back to the place where your intimate time with him matters, you understand when he says his spirit bears witness with our spirit. That we are His children, or the, the sons of God. We, we get to a place where we're moving forward with Him. Now, now look, let me just tell you all something. I've been We've been married over two decades. And everybody in my life, everybody in my life before our marriage is non-existent in my life now. That's the truth. Because they couldn't handle where we were going. That's just the truth. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not saying that's good or bad. Just saying... They didn't, I've learned this, if they're not part of my future, they have no voice in my life. <clears throat> and I had to cut away people, and it hurt me. Because these were people that I love like brothers and sisters, the people I went to school with, and people, and, and they'll send me messages on Facebook, because I don't have a page, but we have a church page, and they'll send a, a message to the church. And I, 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 she, she knows. If, some, if, one of, if they tell us that there's something, I, don't, I have no desire to talk about my past, I have no desire. I don't have anything to hide. Let me tell you something. You know, I'm very transparent. April gets on to me about being transparent. But the reason I'm transparent, and I'm talking about some stories, some, like the Taco Bell story, she don't like me to tell. Yeah, people don't need to know that you pulled kid out of a Taco Bell window. Well, it's better for me to tell it than somebody else tell it. <laughs> I, know, I know I did it. But it, it doesn't affect me now. It's funny. And I felt bad for a day or two, but it doesn't affect me now because I repented. And I tried to repent to the kid, but I couldn't find him. But I did. But it wasn't. <laughs> y'all listen. Oh, y'all, y'all listen. Everyone, y'all just get holy all you want to because I promise you we don't want we, we to put the magnifying glass on everybody's life in here. But here's the thing. I knew who I was in him, and I was willing to let him tell me how wrong I was that's intimacy intimacy means I don't have to be afraid of him hurting me if you had ever learned about God the right way you'd have never feared him you ever learned about the Holy Spirit the right way you'd never be afraid of you ever heard about Jesus the right way it would never be a problem with you but it's how it's been portrayed it's it's the intimacy level that needs to be there not just the shouting I'm not saying that the shouting and the fervency and the fire is not important but it's the intimacy that is the most important now John 14, 26 says this. If he gets it up there, it's fourteen twenty six. John 14, 26. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all the things that I said. Now listen. Anytime the Holy Spirit speaks to you in his vocabulary, now he's not going to speak to you in King James. Let me just be honest with you. However, everything the Holy Spirit says to you will line up with the Bible. Everything. Anybody that comes to you as a prophet of God, it better line up with the Bible. Anybody that comes to give you a word, it better line up with the word. Because Jesus is not going to leave you a helper that will confuse you. Everything is in the manual. Everything's there. Now look, I'm not saying you have to know every chapter and verse, but I am saying that you need to know when somebody comes to you and says, This is what the Lord said, you, need, you, you better go find yourself in that word and make sure it's there. Because I've seen some stuff. You've been in this thing as long as I have, and in enough meetings, you'll see some crazy stuff. I've seen people go up to people who are grieving over the loss of a child in a car wreck and tell them, tell them to their face that that was God's choice to take your child because you were out of His will. That is not the Bible. I hate it that the child died, but God didn't have anything to do with that. I'm so sick of preachers saying, Oh, Lord, don't get me going. Dumb preachers don't know how to read a Bible. Oh, Paul Paul and them said it. Paul Paul ain't the Holy Ghost. When you understand that you stand before people to speak about God and you stand before God to speak about people, you better be on point. And the only way to be on point is to know His love and to know His word. And when you know those things, you move into a place where he says, I'll put rem- to you, I'll bring all these things to your remembrance to what I've said to you. Which basically means this. If I've said it in my word and I say it to you, now it's yours. And you get to take it and watch it happen. I believe in confession, but I believe his faith is where the will of God is known. Most people are just hoping. I just hope this happens. I, just, I wish for this. I, I, they say they're believing, but they're just hoping. Hope hope means no faith. Hope, hope is chance. Hope, hope is hoping publishers clear how it shows up at your house. Hope is hoping you win the lottery. Hope, hope is it, but you leave things to chance. But when you're in faith, it's in you're almost crazy because people try to talk you out of something you know God said. Well, pastor, I just don't believe that. Okay, how about a family that was told they would never have children? Giggle all you want to. That's what they told us. Now there's 10 of them bouncing around here bugging y'all all the time. Leading worship, running the sound, being in the back with your kids. You know why? Because we held on to something they said we couldn't have. But he said, are y'all, are y'all getting this? The Holy Spirit has to be your guide. And you have to be willing to let him take you there. Now, how does he take you there? He takes you there internally, not externally. He takes you in your heart. He takes you in prayer time. There, there's, there's things in you that wake back up. There's visions. There's dreams. Let me tell you something. When I'm laying hands on people, I see over into their life. And when I see things that they're, they're not walking in, I know that their faith level is not there. But God's trying to wake something up on the inside of them so they can believe they can be who he called them to be. Here's the thing. Dad Hagan said this. Now, listen. Some of you don't know who Dad Hagan is. Some of you don't. Kenneth Hagin, Sr. When he was 17 years old, uh, he, was, he was on his deathbed. If you've ever read any Dad Hagen books, you know this story. 17 years old, he's on his deathbed. The doctor came out, and the doctor said, he ain't going to make it through the night, and I got to go. There's other people. Now, this is back when the doctors came to your house, you know, like gun smoke, you know. <laughs> doctors show up at your house. You didn't go to the hospital, you know. And they said, uh, the doctor said, he's not going to make it through the night. I'm going to go ahead and sign his death certificate now. And he, he's still in there breathing. They signed his death certificate, did not expect him to live 10 more hours. And that night, he just got real with the Lord. He said, Holy Spirit, if you're real, I need, see, he got past all the church junk. See, something about being on your deathbed, all that other stuff goes away. And he got past all that, and he said, Holy Spirit, if you're real, I need, I need whatever it is, this healing that I hear you talk about. All these, see, things he know the Lord had been talking to him about, but he'd never believed. Now, he said, but he never believed. He woke up the next morning, and all of a sudden, his body was whole. And preached for the next, gosh, 60 years. And for the first 25, had that death certificate in his pocket every time he preached. Because it reminded him, hey, this is where you were, and you're only where you are, where you are because of the Holy Spirit. See, I want you to understand, Holy Spirit is not a Pentecost. The Holy Spirit is not a denomination, the Holy Spirit is not, well, they're a Holy Spirit church and we're a non No, no, no. You have to have the Holy Spirit. Now, we're going to talk about the different facets of who he is in the coming weeks. But let me explain something to you. Being full of the Holy Spirit does not mean that you're showy. Being full of the Holy Spirit does not mean that you're the loudest person in the room. As a matter of fact, I've found out that the quietest people are really the deepest. The Holy Spirit does not mean that, that you're the most flamboyant or charismatic. That's not what that means. What that means is he's drawing you to intimacy. He's drawing you to a place where you're willing to be you with him. Some of y'all can't be you with you. You got such a, you got such a false front that you got to be tough and you got to be hard and you got to be fake and you don't know who you can trust. But let me just tell you, you can trust him. Well, you just don't know what I've done. I can promise you he does. And he still wants to talk to you. Oh, listen, y'all! I love it when people sit in my office and say, oh, you don't know what I've done. Y'all have no idea what I've done. No, I ain't going to tell you either. You know why? Because it ain't none of your business. It's just not your business. It's between me and him. We fixed it. We have to get to that place where you're just that. That's not, listen, I, I, I want you to understand. That's not being cocky or confident. That, that, that is not. That is me knowing he has forgiven me. And he's not holding to my charge the dumb things, and I did some dumb things, but and I heard a lot of people, but he still loved me enough to start the restoration process. Now, number one, the word uh, uh, God, uh, the Holy Spirit will always speak to you through His Word. Number two, the Holy Spirit always bears witness of Himself, which means it's through the Word. Now, Romans eight and sixteen says the Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Now. What I want you to understand with this is real simple. And this is, this is really the most simple way I can lay this out. It was the Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. You all with me? Romans 8 and 11. Put up Romans 8 and 11 in the Amplified. We'll show you something. And if the spirit of him who raised, from, uh, from raised Jesus from the dead lives in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who lives in you. That, you, you talk about healing, you better write that down. I pray that over my kids. I pray that over my body. that, that is when, well, Let me tell you something. I learned some hard lessons over healings in some places I thought I had it knocked and didn't. And, that, and when that scripture became alive to me, I'm still having things I got to learn. But man, if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in me, what is my problem? I'll tell you what my problem is. My problem is I'm listening to me too much. Because if he, listen, now look, 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 uh, y'all understand. I am not, I'm not downplaying who Jesus was. Y'all do understand that. He is your savior. However, he had to have the Holy Spirit to raise You have been living in dead flesh for however many years until you got saved. You need the Holy Spirit to raise. Because there's things on the inside of you that have to wake up. And it takes the Holy Spirit to wake those things up. We, we, we We don't just need Holy Spirit services. We need Holy Spirit lives. We need to know that when we wake up, you have the advantage. Wouldn't it be awesome to go into meetings or walk in to, to ask for a raise or whatever it is you need and know that you have the advantage? Wouldn't that be awesome to know that you know everything there is to know and you know more than the guy that's going to be asking you the question, so you know going, you got this. That is what the Holy Spirit does for you. You do realize that you were given authority and dominion through the Word, but you have to learn how to administrate that because it wasn't given for you to be a king It was given to you to operate as a king. See, people think they want to be a king because it makes them in charge. But if they operate as a king, they understand how authority works. See, when you understand how authority works, you want to help people and do things the right way. You want to help yourself, of course, but you want to help the people around you. When I watch my wife minister, and she she hates it when I talk about her, but when I watch her minister at different places that she goes, when she opens her mouth, she comes off like a mama. Imagine that. Some of y'all been in meetings with my wife, and she talked to you like a mama. You know why? That's, a, that's the authority she has. And she's one of real mamas, too, that you know. Don't, we, don't talk to mama like that. You know, you like them ones you see coming out the woods with a switch old school? That's a mama right there. But she, she don't have to do that. She just give you that look. You know what I mean? That that list. She gives it to me, and I just go Now look, I'm big, ugly, and I'll fight you, but I won't fight her. That woman's had ten kids. Why are you gonna fight somebody that can have ten kids? I went there, hon. I'm sorry. <laughs> she just looks straight ahead. Are y'all learning anything? All right, I'm gonna try to I'm gonna try to turn this thing around and 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 get us ready to call it a day, but. When you move over to a place that you become hungry for the Holy Spirit of God, you stop being selfish. You stop being self-centered. You stop being focused on you. You stop thinking that you got it all knocked. You stop living in such a way that it's really all about you. Now, the thing about the Holy Spirit is, as He uses you to help people and to do His will, It's amazing what he brings into your life to bless you because you're being obedient to his word. The word, the Bible says that God's not going to owe no man. Hey, I'm not going to be a debt to a man. If you do this for me, make sure you're well taken care of. Now, here's, here's what I really want to get. And then we're going to, we're going to begin to, to call it. Now, when we talk about the Holy Spirit, most people, now listen, this is just God's honest truth. Most people don't like to get real in their prayer life because they're ashamed of themselves. And that's just true. Do you realize that he knows more about you than you know about you, and he's not ashamed? He's begging you to spew it out so he can fill you up with something new. He's begging you to get all that mess out of there. Sometimes you just got to break. Sometimes you just got to cry it out. Sometimes you got to let those tears cleanse your soul. Sometimes you just got to spew it out on the altar. But don't pick it up when you leave. Here's what people do. They'll come up here and they'll say they gave it to Jesus. And by the time they hit the car in the parking lot, they're talking about the problem again. People don't understand what it means to leave it there. Now, when you leave something, you leave it. You just leave it. When somebody comes in here, and and let's just take money for example. Somebody comes up here and throws a 20 on the altar and says, I'm giving this to the church, and they leave. They left it. They hadn't thought about it again. Well, they might. If it's bigger than a 20, they might think about it. But but they they left it. God's asking you to leave some stuff with him. Listen, I don't care where you're at. I don't care if you just got saved or if you've been saved 55,000 years. Everybody got to leave something sometimes every single one of us are prone to miss it and mess it up every day. And what we've done is we've gotten so holy and haughty that we don't love people that are struggling. And the truth is, if we were like him, we would love everybody where they are. Jesus loves you where you are, but he loves you enough not to leave you there. There's always the challenge to do better, but we still love you where you are. Now, go to John 1 and 12. And then we're going to come in for a landing. But as many as received him. Yes, this is talking about Jesus, but it's also talking about the Holy Spirit. But as many as received him to them, gave he power to become. Say become. You know, become is in your future. But I will say this, with every breath and every word, you're becoming something. Now listen. And I use us a lot because I can, because she's not going to get offended at me. But I could say something to her. We could have a, a, just a, a wonderful day. And I could just be me and say something off the cuff. And she could become angry like that. That's in my future, <laughs> right? But it could happen just like that. Well, that's how it is with the Lord. It is in your future. But the minute he speaks to you about it, and you begin to say it his way. In his eyes, you just became that. Paul, listen to me. He's called you to be something more than you are. You just have a job of getting intimate with him and finding out what that is. And when you finally get to a place that you've moved you out of the way enough to see who he created you to be, and you begin to say, for me, I was called to minister sonship to the world. That's That's what he said to me. And then I was able to get to a point where I could say it. The minute I began to say it, the minute it started happening. Now, listen, I don't know what it is for you. I don't know what it is. It's not my job to, but it's your job to. Because listen, I'm tired of seeing good people fight through life and struggle when we have an advantage. And we don't have to. Well, you know, preacher, if they just get saved, it'd be all right. We need to stop telling people that lie let me tell you something, if you you got gray hair when you get saved, you're going to have gray hair right the next minute later. Here's the deal. We're expecting salvation to fix something, that salvation gives us the opportunity for intimacy, and it's the intimacy that fixes it. Most, there's a whole lot of people going to heaven, and I'm, I'm thankful for it. There's a whole lot of people going to heaven, but there's a whole lot of people that God wants to be intimate with him and their life can begin to change. I could line people up here that have been a part of my life for years. I wouldn't do it, but I could, and they will tell you stories that they can tell when their life is here where their prayer life is, and when they're here where their prayer life is. Y'all, if I told you on your worst day all it took was a little talk with Jesus every day, and it would be all right, you would thank me for that. But now that we don't have to do it because everything seems kind of good, then when it starts to taper off, we blame God. And all God wants is the blessing to be on your life. Now, are y'all learning anything? Is this a pretty good foundation? Now, where we're going in the next few weeks is, today we've talked about why he is, this is why he's here. Next week we're going to talk about who he is. Now, who he is to you it is a whole nother level. We don't, we're not getting into that today. But it's all, every bit of it comes back to relationship. Y'all don't get spooky on me. Don't, don't get all weirded out. I'm not, not going to grab you and sling you around and make you jabber-jabber. Make you not going to do that. However, I am going to introduce you to something that will change your life. If you want it. If you want it. Now, here's the deal. We can get caught up in anything and say, oh pastor's just gonna bring everybody up, lay hands on it, expect and pray in the Holy Ghost. That's not what we're gonna do. What we're gonna do is teach you. And then you get to go home and see what you do with it. That's our job. Our job's to teach. Now, can I give you one last story? you okay? Ryan said yes, sir. That means I give him one. When I when we first got when I first got saved, I was driving that little monster pickup truck to, to work. And I hadn't even, so, so long. I mean, I was so new, I, hadn't even, I didn't even cut my hair. Of course, I'd still have long hair if Hannah hadn't got all caught up in it and I had to cut it off. But we were going to work, and the Lord started speaking. This is before I was baptized in the Holy Spirit with what we call the evidence of speaking up. This was just me praying. And the Lord started to speak to me about ministry and tithing and all these different things. And I would come home and talk to her about it. And, and, and she, would, she would be like, Where did you hear that? or or we would have conversations, but she knew I didn't have enough biblical knowledge to know some of the things I was saying. And I was kind of freaked out that I was actually hearing God. Do you understand? That was somebody who was brand new saved and, and I wasn't quote unquote holy, trust me, but what I was was hungry. And what God's calling us to is hunger more than anything because they who hunger and thirst after righteousness shall be filled. Now that word righteousness is not holier than thou, it's right standing. It means that no matter what you've done, he still wants you standing right with him. Amen. Stand to your feet with me. We're not going to have any music today. Everybody's helping in other departments, but just bow your heads where you are. We don't need to, you know, too many times we try to set an atmosphere. We need to just get quiet with him.